0: welcome to episode two of Film Club. I'm Adam. I'm Bex. Uh, and we each week are rustling a jar full of film categories, picking one out at random, each choosing a film on that category and then discussing, pitting them against each other and looking for your feedback. Um, so at the end of the last episode we had a rustle, I picked out a category that you were gleeful about and I was... Where is uh, it? What, the jar?
1: No, the bit of paper.
0: I haven't brought it. Oh. Is that necessary?
1: Oh, I just can't remember the exact phrasing of it. Oh, okay. But we, could, we could just sum it up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let me help you out. It was a film about a wedding.
1: Yay! Uh,
0: yeah. So, specifically about a wedding, it can't just be a film that f- happens to feature a wedding. Uh, the main thrust of the film has to be the wedding. Brilliant. Uh, this opened up a world of possibilities for you, didn't it?
1: I mean... I think that films about weddings are, are possibly one of my favorite categories. we in our household have a very highbrow lowbrow um, situation. Adam is highbrow and I am lowbrow. I don't know if that's fair. Well, I do like really trashy films. That uh, that
0: is fair. <laughs> I find
1: them relaxing and really and I I I they're they're, they're like um, sometimes very uncomfortable to watch and the dialogue is bad and the acting is bad and everything is bad. But I love it. I love the badness about it. And wedding films are very are very often in that category of of like really schmaltzy dialogue. Tick. (laughs) Loads of women being idiots. Tick. Um high proportion of Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson uh, J-Lo.
0: Catherine Heigl. Heigl, oh my god. <laughs> I love that it's just surname only. Heigl, she... the go-to wedding...
1: She fucking loves the wedding film, doesn't she? Which is so weird, because I don't think in real life she would really approve of wedding films. I think she'd find no. them way too like basic.
0: This is This is why I struggled a bit with this one, is that I, I love a good wedding, but I find that most wedding films are centred around a type of wedding that I don't recognise and I don't enjoy as much. Namely, massively high stakes, everybody's very highly strung, huge, American, expensive, marquee wedding. There's usually some element of somebody in the film can't afford the wedding and that... And like mm-hmm. I find like more than the kind of the grand speeches about how everyone loves each other, I just start to feel a real dread for the the you know the, the person in, in this scene that's suffering.
1: Yeah, I think it's and I also really dislike the way women are portrayed in these films. Like my my the feminist in me is like this is the literally the worst kind of film ever made because it mm. just makes women to be crazy and like really unreasonable and. Well, if you love me, you would spend, um, you know, $250,000 on, um. on our wedding and this marquee's not big enough or my tiara doesn't sparkle and things like that. And I find that like gross, like really, really uh, unpleasant. But, in, uh, but when I watch it and if Heigl's doing it, I'm into it. I, I don't know why.
0: I guess. I guess maybe the problem is that films by their nature, there has to be some jeopardy and there has to be some stakes. And so for that reason, you're not going to get a film about a wedding where everyone's pretty easygoing and however the wedding turns out, everyone's going to be pretty happy. There's oh, And so and so, you end up with a lot of weddings that are implicitly, a lot of wedding movies implicitly telling you Weddings have to be massive. Yeah. Everything has to be perfect, and that's what weddings are. And yeah, I, that's that's. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting way too serious about a category that includes like bride wars. But, <gasps> <yeah. laughs> but that's my that's been my issue with wedding films. That's why I can't enjoy them as much as perhaps I'd like. Um, yeah, and we'll get onto it. But I, <laughs> you know, true to form, I tried to find one that was a slightly alternative. Yeah. Wedding film, but still with a wedding at the heart of it.
1: I think though, like there is the big fat American wedding ones, mm-hmm. and then there's also like the British, Ameri- uh, the British wedding uh, films. Okay, four yeah. weddings. It's not. A, I didn't pick it because it wasn't about a wedding. Obviously, it's about four. Yeah, but um, I, I do think it still counts in this category. I like it, your it is, like repeated. I like your it.
0: commitment to accuracy though. Well, it's not a film about a wedding. It's a film about multiple weddings and a funeral.
1: It was on my short list, and I also didn't pick it because. I've seen it recently, <laughs> when you went in, and um, I just thought it was a bit too obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've picked probably the most obvious <laughs> film, actually, in real like, actuality, but um, I did think about Four Weddings, and I do love, Four Weddings and a Funeral, I don't know, I can't remember when it was made, sometimes. I think it's, it's like 91, 90s, yeah.
0: without checking, I think 91.
1: So that is right in my... 94.
0: Oh, baby. Because I remember, wet, wet, wet. Being at number one okay. for like a zillion years. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Don't bring wet, wet, wet into this. <laughs> um, Four weddings and a funeral is is in is in the same category as as the film I have picked because it is in that early nineties. It's kind of a family film, although it's really not. It's because, a fifteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. So much shagging in it. Shagging. <laughs> he so shagging.
0: You do just then.
1: Um. There's so much. I don't literally don't know what the right word you is. You can't you can't leave another word for shagging. I was gonna say shagging. So much shagging in it. The scene where they the, the newlywed couple are having sex and um William oh know, William Thacker, that's not yeah, that's his name. He's in the like the, the bathroom trying not to listen and then he drops his pencil and then he like interrupts, funny the priest, the Rowan Atkinson scene in Four I'm funeral. starting to feel
0: like you should have just picked Four Weddings in the Funeral I do too actually, now I'm
1: thinking about it scene by scene although I, th- um so just to go back to the Rowan Atkinson scene where he gets all of the words wrong I, still, I watched that like I said a few weeks ago and I hadn't seen it for a really long time and I was crying mm-hmm. and it, it it's so so good still. Even though it's uh, really schmaltzy, and I find Hugh Grant a little bit annoying, and I really didn't like the woman in it whose name I can't. remember. Oh, Andy McDowell. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought she was just a bit too cool, um, and I still dislike the the scene where she recall recounts all the many men she slept with. No, no, Andy, <laughs> not accept. Give it a rest, <laughs>
0: Um, I thought about picking uh, bridesmaids.
1: Yeah, that was a. You could argue
0: that. I mean, it's. I suppose it's not technically about a wedding. Also, well, I mean, it. I suppose it is, but it's not about the wedding. It's about the. I suppose it is about a wedding. Okay, I could have picked bridesmaids, but it felt like it's too recent. I feel like so many people i know have seen it mm. and also we did say that on on the pod we were going to try and look for things that you know either had been massive but were a bit forgotten mm. i don't think bridesmaids is has been forgotten i think it's too recent i think mm. it's on t- telly quite a lot okay. um, i think it's very available so i didn't go for that um i thought about corpse bride just because yeah. i like i like some I like Tim Burton. I feel like he's gone off the boil a bit in recent years, but *Corpse Bride* is probably around the time when he was, I would say, on the turn.
1: Yeah, I did think you'd go for like some horror, some so like a wed a wedding's happening and then a ghost comes and they all die. I something. don't.
0: I I mean, I, I I know people that can. I'm sure will correct me, but I don't. Th- I don't know of many wedding no. horrors, and I don't know. I think you've got to be very good at horror to make that premise work because they're they're kind of such opposites.
1: Yeah, and there's quite a lot of like newlywed horrors, like buying a new house and then the house is like. Creamy. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, I can't think of any of that actually. Around. Oh, what, like
0: like Beetlejuice. I don't know if they just got married or not, but yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing. Um, and I considered American Wedding as in American Pie, the wedding, depending which country you live in. Oh,
1: I didn't even consider that. But
0: I my it's just not a good film is it No of
1: and all the, of all the American pies it's the worst one
0: And I think because of that thing we were talking about about you know a lot of American wedding films are quite saccharine mm. that coming up against the sort of like American college humor of the first two American pies yeah. I don't think that's what I don't think it I don't think it's a great blend I, I think know. I think you want the kind of you want the sort of like smutiness of the first two films and it doesn't Yeah it doesn't cor- correlate well with the kind of uh, with an american wedding movie
1: yeah and i think by the third film for the american pies uh, it was, it was just it was following a formula that well, i kind of didn't really believe anymore mm. the first one brilliant second one it was still like you said it was so smutty that it was hilarious but then the third one you're like oh, okay cool i feel like i've seen this before mm. like when he throws his pubes out the window that's the same as him masturbating getting his hand stuck to his dick yeah it's like
0: what, what's this yeah what's this, this what's the, he gonna get up to what's, this what's, what's the pie in this film yeah, yeah. exactly um, yeah and I mean I like a I it feels like they're struggling because they, they knew they had to give it a bit of character development yeah. but they also don't want anyone to change too much no and it felt like a bit of a stalemate so I didn't go for that either
1: yeah I thought that they and they brought in like January Jones I mean when he eats shit That's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just remembering it now. But that's about all. Yeah. Also, it was the first wedding where I saw bridesmaid dresses wearing black dresses. And I was like,
0: fuck, that's cool. Mm -hmm.
1: When did it come out?
0: Um, American wedding? Oh, God, I really don't know. I think Pi was like 2001, 2002. Was it? Wedding, maybe 2005?
1: I think they are maybe like nine. We could
0: stop and fact check, but let's just ramble on. Ah, fuck it. Um, So, shall we talk a bit about... Your film first. Wait,
1: I've got way more films I
0: could have picked. Oh, we don't just list wedding films.
1: Well, hang on. That's if I were to have a. Um,
0: okay. A, how, about, how about this? How about this? Why don't you Why don't you name four films that you thought about? Yeah. And then in one sentence, sum up why you didn't pick them.
1: Well, I think I'll just list the films that I thought about. My best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Of Ju- Julia Roberts and. Cameron oh, I know.
0: Like, why don't we do? Why don't we? Go through the list and see if I... Work out if I've seen them or not, because I bet you'll be horrendously offended at the... Have one you seen My Best Friend's Wedding? Yeah, with you. Thank God. Because you were watching it.
1: Oh, well. Did you like it?
0: Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, actually. Do
1: you know what I thought? Highbrow. I thought of doing The Godfather.
0: Yes, I went online after I picked my films to to see what else I could have, you know, maybe other stuff I could have considered, and The Godfather was on there, mm. and I hadn't thought about that at all.
1: Have you seen The Godfather?
0: Yes, but a long time ago.
1: same. And I didn't choose it because... It was it's, it's so it's so full on, but it is still. One of, I think it's one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Like it's shot so nicely, mm. um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a bit a bit full on. Like when I watch when I when I watch when I think of the Godfather, I don't think oh it's a wedding film. No, but I'm i not in the same category as Heigl.
0: <laughs> no, sure, it's definitely not. No. Um, but I would absolutely have I've thought that was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, to to include. Maybe we should just watch that for fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. This is watch fun. films for fun. <laughs>
1: So, my best friend's wedding tick. Uh, 27 dresses. Of course, I knew
0: that would be on your list. Bride uh, bride ward. Do you think you've seen 27 dresses 27 times?
1: Negative. Do you know what, actually? I don't actually like 27 dresses. No, because she's annoying and he's really annoying. Um, Okay. They're annoying and it's annoying. Okay. And uh, the whole. Why did you keep 27 massive dresses in your wardrobe? I do not understand it um so it's it's a flawed <laughs> it's well, a well concept
0: the wardrobe's too small that's why i don't like it um
1: there's the family wedding on netflix which has got a killer cast but is really
0: bum it's okay.
1: got um a de niro in it it has got uh, yeah, when, when
0: he's all right I thought, I thought you meant a de niro it's got Letitia de niro <laughs> bobby's niece like, all right it has got yeah but i mean de niro in in this day and age is not necessarily a, a hallmark of a good film no true it? bad grandpa
1: it's, that is true, yeah. Catherine Heigl is also in that. Of course, uh, Susan Sarandon's in it, Um the girl from Mamma Mia, who's Amanda C. Seyfried, Seyfried yeah. is in it. Um, Robin Williams is in it, I think. Like oh, it's wow. a really fun film, um, and I have watched it actually several but times. But it's also bum
0: by your own estimation. It isn't
1: the best, but it is good. Um, I thought about doing the. Um, that long engagement one, I can't remember. Oh, the name a five-year engagement. Yeah, the one with Emily Blunt and. Um, yeah, and there's I like, Give It cigar. A Year, which is in that vein. In yeah. fact, there's been a
0: lot of British, went like confetti. Do you remember that? That no. was quite bad. That's with. That um, oh, it's got the guys from Peep Show in it, and it's like it's lots of good British comedy people, um, but it unfortunately did not add up to a brilliant film. And oh. I think a lot of the people that were in it have gone on to kind of disown it a bit.
1: And another big one I thought about doing was the wedding planner. mm Hmm. It is bad.
0: It's not the J Lo one. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that because of you as well.
1: It, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, it's basically uh, what's the what, how to lose a guy in ten days just with J Lo uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, Matthew Mahoney is in it and she is an uptight, wound up wedding planner, but and she's l- unlucky in love. Does everyone learn a
0: valuable lesson. lesson by the end of the film?
1: Well, she. Well, oh, it is. It goes a bit bananas in the middle, mm-hmm. but um, and it comes out really well. It's it's like slapstick and silly, but um, I mean J Lo, she's she's got it, man. I watched a thing the other day of like J Lo's top films, and she's done a lot of films.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Wedding planner probably isn't. She's been through a of lot her. of
0: genres as well. Yeah. You know, back when she's in Gone in sixty seconds and things like that.
1: She wasn't gone in sixty seconds.
0: Oh, let's fact check that. No, hang on, I don't mean that.
1: That was Angelina Jolie. I mean out of
0: sight, don't I? Titty. she was McQueenie. in she
1: was in Out of Sight, yeah. yeah. Okay. What's the one where she was um she learned like self defence and she beat up her husband?
0: Oh there's quite a few. Enough. Oh, oh yeah, and she was in the cell, which is like a really That's weird good. kind of I mean, they wanted it to be like a cerebral drama but it yeah. wasn't quite but yeah. Yeah, yeah oh. she did she had, she had like she I was like, gonna say a dark patch, but like a dark patch in terms of the tone of her films.
1: Yeah. I mean made in Manhattan.
0: Oh yeah, it doesn't get any darker than that. You know what? No. <laughs> that
1: was that was written for her. Oh yeah, like, about yeah, yeah.
0: her. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Oh, like, well, s- but it's not autobiographical. Right?
1: So let's talk about what we've picked. Yes. Do, you go know first because I went first last time.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is this is slightly typical of me. I didn't want to just get a big marquee wedding film, uh, a sort of my big fat Greek wedding or anything like that. So I went for one that I thought I'd seen, but it turns out that I definitely haven't. Um, I'd mistaken it for another film. Um, I think I was for a film oh, called Pieces of April, um, no, so which not. had um, what she called Joey Potter.
1: Oh, um... Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Katie
0: Holmes was in Pieces of April, and it's kind of like uh, she, come, she gathers, it's like a sort of a daughter who's been through some shit, and she gathers her family for Thanksgiving. Uh, but what this film is, the one I picked, <laughs> is. Uh, 2009's Rachel Getting Married, Uh, the clue's right there in the title, Mm -hmm. it has to be a film about wedding, Um, starring Anne Hathaway, uh, directed by Jonathan Demme who has also done Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. amongst other things, he passed away in 2017, Um, it's 15 rated Um, and so basically I got it because I could tell from the cover and the one sentence synopsis that it was going to be an atypical wedding movie mm. but that it still had plenty of wedding. You could tell it from the cover. First of all, doesn't the, um, the way
1: they've done the copy of the the title Rachel's Getting Married, mm-hmm. didn't that not bother you so much that I would not have picked it? Oh, it's,
0: it's very misaligned oh, but they've done God. that deliberately, right? Because the whole thing is designed to give a bit of an off-kilter feel. She's been, in, basically, <sighs> the, the, the synopsis is a young woman who's been in and out of rehab for the past ten years returns home for the weekend for her sister's wedding. Um, the
1: alignment of the Rachel's getting married; those three lines are so wonky, and like <laughs> one is closer than the other. Like
0: that's deliberate, uh, though. It's supposed to imply, you know, that it's that, that life is imperfect. It and, you looks know, like a mistake, it's, pal. it's not a mistake. You saw the opening credits of the film; they were exactly the same words, I know. words all over the place. Oh, but
1: God, they're making this mistake twenty times.
0: <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it was it was I mean it was you'd predict that it would be fairly dark, it would have dark moments and she would, you know, relapse at one point. Those are things I would expected mm. of a film like this. I thought it was I was very impressed. I thought it was very affecting. I think there were moments that it dragged out a bit. Yeah. It was interesting that it's it was out on Sony Pictures, but it felt like it had been shot like a proper indie film, didn't it? It looked like a student film I'm not, at some point. Lots of tracking shots and like almost documentary style, like wobbly cameras. And yeah. I, th- I guess for a sense of realism. Yeah. And I, one thing that I found out afterwards that's quite interesting is that I had assumed this was like Anne Hathaway was in this and then off the back of this, she went on to bigger things. Mm. But this came out after Devil Wears Prada. Did um, it? Yeah. It came out after... Um, Brokeback Mountain came back after Princess Diaries 1 and 2 um. came out after Ella Enchanted so she was huge so this I think is possibly more of a I want to be a serious actress and be taken seriously and I'm going to do something with the guy who directed Silence of the Lambs mm. and I'm going to play an addict and I'm going to get nominated for an Oscar and all those things happened she did get nominated did She's, she? Uh, she got a Best Actress Oscar nomination for this film wow yeah.
1: um,
0: which I think is deserved do you? I, I think, yeah I think she was good um, I actually think other some of the other characters in the film were better. Uh-huh. I thought Bill Irwin, who played Paul, her dad, was particularly good as a kind of like a man trying to put a brave, a happy face on everything, but occasionally cracking a little Should bit. Should
1: we just tell, tell everyone what the story is? Yeah.
0: So effectively, back in the day, um, the daughter Kim, played by Anne Hathaway, was uh, was an addict, so addicted to all kinds of different drugs when she
1: was a teenager
0: yes and so and and she was left to look after her younger brother um and this is all spoilers from this point in by the way um and she basically uh wasn't really capable and um she drove the car that he was in she was driving into off a bridge and he she couldn't get a seatbelt off and he drowned and so off the back of that she basically spiraled even more off the rail she'd been in and out of rehab um, and the family have various levels of understanding and sympathy towards her, um, particularly the relationship between her and her sister, um, Rachel, who's getting married, mm. played by Rosemary DeWitt, um, is, I thought was was really well managed. I thought managed. she was very good. Yeah, yeah. Rachel is the sister who has, you know, has always had to be overlooked because everyone's got to look after Kim the addict and, you know, her desperation to have the wedding be about her. It didn't feel like it does in other big American films where it's yeah. like, I'm the bride, everyone look at me. It felt like actually she really deserves a bit of attention and happiness yeah. and she can't get it. And yeah, the interplay between them all was great. And mm. and the, the, I, I've never felt such tension over a scene about somebody filling a dishwasher. Yeah. there There's a bit where the groom and Kim's dad uh, are sort of competing to see who can fill this dishwasher the best. And then, uh, and then Kim hands him a stack of plates, and one of those plates is one with a little drawing that's been done by Ethan, the brother who who died. Dead uh, brother. And then the whole scene just kind of you know stops, and it's uh, it's quite affecting. I thought.
1: Yeah, I thought it was um, it was good. I I'm not. I don't think she did, should have got an Oscar. I, I mean, she didn't. Mm. I thought she played it kind of obvious. Like I've seen a lot of people play that roll exactly the same. Okay, yeah. I don't think she did like considering she was a recovering addict and we're still not totally sure what she was recovering from. Well, if it was drug or alcohol or know We know, she, we know or,
0: she'd take a lot of Percocet, I think. Yeah. They mentioned that by name. She there didn't was, drink? No, and there were um there were references to anorexia, weren't there? But yeah. I'm not sure that she had definitely suffered yeah. it or not.
1: So I mean, she had a, a, she had an addiction or many addictions, mm. and I just I don't know. I just didn't think she she did it. She did it fine, like perfectly fine. Mm. But she just didn't do it any differently, considering she was quite far into her career. She just didn't bring that much to it. Whereas I thought Rachel, she did it. She was she played that character really well. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. um... Very happy, but also quite sad, and clearly had this big conflict with with her and her sister and um I don't know i thought I thought her her performance was much stronger mm-hmm. than Hathaway's because Hathaway could only play that one way, yeah, that's she was the
0: true. Addict. yeah, and I mean yeah, I guess if in a just world, maybe Rosemary DeWitt would have got best supporting, yeah, and maybe yeah. Anne Hathaway wouldn't have been yeah. nominated um. Things I liked about it a lot, I thought they got the um, the claustrophobia of it very well. Yes. Because as soon as Kim comes back from rehab, the house is full of people. Guests, people you don't necessarily want knowing your secrets, you know, people people who are going to be your future in-laws, and that made it very hard for anyone to sit down and have any kind of deep conversation and work through all these problems, which meant that the problems never got solved.
1: Yeah, and it was all shot in the same location. Like, it was all shot in and around this house. Pretty much, yeah. Which I quite like. I really like... It was kind of almost like like a chamber piece, you know, where it's all sort of in it's just a few rooms yeah and um and that's nice I I like it when you have a film that's set in a house or in a place that you kind of feel like you know your way around Mm. and you see them walk from room to room and there was a lot of traveling shots in this there's a lot of following them fight like arguing as they're walking around the house as as you probably would do in real life which wasn't good it's It's almost like you're a guest there isn't it yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah um Another thing, did you notice that there's no incidental music at all, and the way they got around that was they had the wedding band rehearsing around the house during yeah. a lot of the scenes, and so they ended up providing the kind of the, the score to the actual film
1: yes, which I thought was really powerful actually. I think that was a really interesting kind of film technique from the director because the music really got on my nerves and when and it got on my nerves most when the tension was so high Mm -hmm. so it actually really it was like another character and it 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 sort of it, it it elevated everyone's kind of stress or urgency or relaxation or happiness and stuff and it was kind of if I was in that house and those people were playing that kind of music. I would my I think my temper would have risen, yeah, and yeah. I would, and it would have driven me crazy. So, I think it really added to their kind of um, emotional states as Definitely. well.
0: Definitely, and and they use it a lot where there are some where where the bands are performing, especially in the in the actual wedding and the aftermath of the wedding where you kind of get drawn into you're listening to music and everyone's dancing and having a good time, but then it abruptly cuts to another scene. Yep. And I think they use that a lot to kind of lull you into a bit of a false sense of security mm-hmm. and they take you away from, from, yeah. from that happiness.
1: And it looked like a really good wedding. Yeah, had it gone. Yeah, same. The music
0: <laughs> the jazz? was really cool. It's made me, me realise everyone should end their wedding with someone playing a bit of live jazz. Soft trumpet. bit of cheese, yeah, just yeah. let everyone wind, wind themselves down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because... What I thought was, you know, pretty much an indie film was released by a major studio, was directed by a guy who's got massive hits under his belt, stars Anne Hathaway after she was in all these huge blockbusters. Mm. Yet it still felt like a credible indie film. Because I think a lot of the time when you get people who become massive and they do massive blockbusters, they try and go back to doing something a bit yeah. awkward and they've got too much money and they can't they they're too in the trappings of the studio system yes. and I feel like they can't make an effective indie film and I felt like this was an effective indie film.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt like an indie film. I wonder if it I wonder if it really was an indie film. I wonder what, what do you know what the budget was?
0: Oh, um no, I don't have the budgets on these ones. But I mean it was released by Sony, so it, it's it's big. It's mm. relatively big. Um we'll get onto how much it made. But it made it made a, a decent a significant amount of money.
1: Yeah, I don't remember it coming out and I don't remember it, I don't remember like the Oscar buzz about it or anything like that.
0: No, I mean neither. Yeah. And it's 2009, so it's not you know it's a decade ago, a but bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought, and I feel like you probably agree with me, the music the bands are after the wedding when the bands are playing. That bit went on. Oh, yeah. About Too 20 much. minutes of people dancing to music, which is fine. And it, it did tell, you know, it told you something about the story, but it didn't really move the story on very much.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, in that time, so before the wedding, she, Kim, the the rehab work, um, Anne Hathaway, she has, she kind of has a, a kind of emotional breakthrough she confronts her mother and basically says, "Why, why would you leave your infant son with me when you knew I was, um, I was high and I was, I was had, I had real problems and I was addicted to all these different drugs? Why the fuck would you leave your kid with me?" And the mother basically couldn't answer her, and that's that's that was the climax we were waiting for the whole film, right? For them yeah. all to say, "What are you doing, leaving a child with another child who you know is." taking pills
0: the impression I got was that the mum is obviously has made a terrible decision but also that there's a sense that the mum thought that the responsibility of looking after Ethan would be would be what could straighten okay, her out because she said you're always your best with him mm, and yeah. I mean it, she shouldn't have done it it's a stupid thing to do but sure. I got the feeling that she didn't know how to deal with an addict and she thought that, think, that yeah. you know well she probably thought that 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 Kim wouldn't have let anything happen to Ethan and, right. that, and that the addiction couldn't have taken that choice away from her. Yeah. But it could, obviously.
1: So, so like they have this massive fight. They actually like mum hits Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway punches her mum, which <laughs> was pretty good. Anne Hathaway storms off, uh, she drives driving, um, and she crashes the car on purpose and she gets a black eye. And this is all the night before the wedding, so at the wedding, you're waiting for them to have this resolution. And they kind of there's lots of glances across the dance floor, and a lot of like, oh, should I go and talk to her? And they never do. And that I thought that whole dance, that whole it, Really elongated dancey for 20 minutes mm. was all about them eventually coming together and forgiving each other, but yeah. um, that never happened.
0: Now I think about it, I wonder if, right up to that ceremony, a lot of it is about how they're trying to plan a wedding and Kim keeps her problems keep injecting themselves and kind of spoiling it so when she makes a speech at the table I thought that was really good the way that they kind of told a lot of backstory through people's wedding speeches Mm -hmm. I really like and watching people give speeches in real time I I thought that was great but I wonder if at the end the reason that she just you're waiting for like a big blowout or for a big hug the reason that she just turns up and they just get through it Mm. is that she's finally learned not to not not to overtake Mm -hmm. her sister's day with her with her issues yeah
1: maybe yeah. but
0: i don't know i mean it's left very open to interpretation yeah. it? and it ends kind of quite vaguely she gets yeah. back in the car to go back to rehab so she could recognize she's got some more work to do i guess i think so yeah and then the credits roll over over rachel who's just got married watching the wedding band just kind of playing
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah it does end quite abruptly and I, i'm not I, we assumed she was going back to rehab um and i mean like she does it the early the morning after the wedding. I'd probably give it a day. <laughs>
0: but especially as her mum left prematurely yeah. as well, and that's upset everybody. That her mum, her mum didn't want to be around f- yeah. for long. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd rush to watch it. Watch it again.
0: No, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Um, I think it's, you know, how you get those films where you're like. A film's worth ten quid, and then there's like I'm really glad I sat down and watched, you know, watched this for two hours. This, is, I don't know that I would have. I don't know this sort of film. I would have come out of the cinema saying this is great. Yes, but I yeah. really enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. It was, it was. I found it more affecting than I thought I would, yeah. and it had more of a traditional. I had more of a wedding in it. Yeah. I also thought, aside from the whole kind of uh, addiction drama, it's actually quite a good film in that it shows you. Um, what a wedding can be. Yeah, it's quite different. It was um, obviously the uh, there's there's a huge. What you're, you're giving the impression that the groom's background is very musical, There's lots of talented musicians in his family. I think there are there are famous musicians in the cast of the film as well, um, and obviously it's uh, interracial marriage as well. And so there's kind of there's there's lots of different aspects, and it just looked like a fucking great wedding, did, and, yeah. and actually very different to the weddings you often see in Hollywood films.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think it wasn't it wasn't the big fat wedding. It was actually really, um, pretty lovely and um, personal and very kind of. It wasn't even massive and yeah, and that they yeah. all had a barbecue. Yeah, and it just all felt really,
0: really relaxed. The way it was sure it, really, it felt like you were at a wedding, not that you were watching a wedding. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, cool. So that's uh, that's Rachel getting married. That's my choice. Let's move on to. I mean. I would say your choice is arguably. I mean, it's probably one of the internationally one of the best known. I think films, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's also quite old now.
1: It is old. It is from. It's from nineteen ninety one. Yes. Too. Oh, not two. Nineteen ninety one, and it
0: came out in the UK in nineteen ninety two. Oh, well done. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Was it? Yeah, February seventh.
1: Um, so I chose Father of the Bride. Yeah. Because it. It does everything in for me. It, there's a lot of t- ticks here. It's nineties massive tick. I think I think early nineties is probably the best time for kind of early cinema and like blockbuster cinema. It it just it, it, in my mind. It's my favourite period of mm-hmm. uh, of film. It's super nostalgic as well. For me, it's like a family film. We watched this when we were kids, on like a Sunday afternoon. We'd all watch it, it, was, it was, and it's in the same, um, it's in the same kind of band as like, um, look who's talking and things like that. Oh yeah, and like three men and a lady. Yeah. Lady, sorry, well, like I baby. did think about doing actually doing three men and a little lady because that is about a wedding. Um, and yeah, and then that kind of, but then I thought that's a bit niche and, uh, well actually the wedding bit is a bit niche. Three men and a little lady ain't niche. Three no. men and a little lady is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Do you remember watching three men and a baby? Yes. Uh, and do you remember their apartment? Vaguely. It was massive. First of all, three men, adult men living together. Selick. <gasps> what a hunk. <laughs> And they had this amazing house, and they had their their own lift with all those drawings on huge. Like, when they had that massive party scene, I just remember thinking, God, that's how people live in New York.
0: Is this like like friends? So it's like, how does anyone afford these apartments? Yeah. yeah.
1: And then three men and a little lady comes along, and I don't even remember the plot to that. So that is, um, is, they're all living happily in this kind of commune style with with the with the uh, Sylvia, who's mm-hmm. the British woman, and the Mary, the baby. The, now who's in uh, five or something? And Sylvia falls in love with some English aristocrat and then they go, they're going to move back to England and she goes to a boarding school and all that. And basically, eventually, Selick realises that he's in love with Sylvia and they declare their love for each other. And that is so brilliant. Like, it's such a good film. And I haven't seen it for a really long time and I actually would like to watch it. I don't even know where I could get it, stream it from, or if it's available. But anyway... Mm. Um, and then that took me on, like, another wormhole to, like, 90s, other 90s stuff in the same vein of it, like Darling Buds of May. Okay, Because yeah. the headmistress in um, Three Million Little Lady is also in Darling Buds of May. Do you remember Darling Buds of May? Yeah,
0: yeah, I remember watching that.
1: Do you remember the theme tune to it?
0: No, I don't remember the theme tune. Oh, just All just... I remember is Catherine Zeta-Jones is in it. She, and... she
1: just, what a beauty. David Frost is in no No, um, um, David Frost. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um... David Jason. David Jason in it, who played Frost. Yeah. Um, he's in it, and yes, in the woman, the woman who's in Three Minute Little Lady as the headmistress is in that too. Do you feel
0: like there's like everyone in Britain of who's in their sort of like early to mid-30s has a Sunday night programme of choice? Yeah. So some people it's Darling and May, some people it's like Ballicus Angel, some people My dad
1: used to call Ballicus Angel Balicus <laughs> Arsehole. Oh uh, classic, <laughs> classic. Um
0: monica de glen that was oh i never one. watched that love, oh, Lovejoy watched quite love a bit. joy watched yeah oh. old ian mcshane pre pre being in a million programs being if that, pre jacket, Edward.
1: if that leather jacket could talk
0: oh, <laughs> it would say please clean me
1: <laughs> get your mullet off my neck
0: um so this brought you towards father of the bride
1: this brought me towards father of the bride sorry so steve martin diane keaton anything diane keaton
0: you loved Keaton, love Diane Keating. Me. I love Diane Keating.
1: She's so beautiful as well. And she, that baby boom, brilliant. First Wives Club, brilliant. And so she she, and Goldie Horn and Steve Martin, they're all in this kind of little kind of cool group of amazing 90s. This
0: is absolutely your imperial phase for film, mm. isn't it? Like early 90s, com- comedians or comedy actors in the kind of light-hearted but also serious message kind yes. of films yeah, yeah yeah
1: super light-hearted and of the bride obviously annie banks who's the daughter the kind of she's on this pedestal in uh in george banks steve martin's eyes she comes home from rome after knowing a guy for what i think she's three, three months three months she's 22 she's known him for three months and she's getting married I can understand George's kind of issues with
0: this. Mm, I think he's actually... Well, it, it, I mean, considering this is a 90s film based on a 50s film, I feel like he's fairly progressive.
1: Yeah, so this is based on... It's based on a, um, a Spencer Tracy film with Elizabeth Taylor playing yeah, Annie Banks.
0: And you can kind of tell in a lot of ways that it's based on a 50s film because mm. some of the themes... They've tried they've updated it a bit, but some of the themes are very kind of... They're, they're a little they're not so progressive. No, no. And, yeah, and also the whole film as a whole it feels like a caper to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like in the sense in, in the way that a lot of I think films in the 40s and 50s were kind of were, were comic capers. Uh-huh, like yeah, that. yeah.
1: And I think as well like it really reminded me of Home Alone, like the house the house is very that that kind of like white picket fence house is mm-hmm. very Home Aloney and obviously Home Alone connection with Kieran Culkin oh, who yeah. played Matty who was also in Home Alone mm-hmm. um as McCauley's younger brother or something. Yep. Um. So, uh, but the the this the the scene stealer is uh, Martin Short. Martin
0: Short as Frank. As
1: Frank. Oh, it, it's the ba- most basic of comedy. Just say it in a funny accent. His ac- and, and also like... his
0: accent is all like, over- where is he supposed to be from? I that don't accent even is care. all over the place. He's
1: probably just from like you know somewhere in America, but well, hang on, <laughs> no, he actually is from somewhere in America. But his accent, yeah, is completely non it's non-specific but so funny it's brilliant that George Banks never understands what he's saying but the two women do and it's brilliant that um, he calls him Mr Bonks yeah that whole opening scene where they meet and they are looking at wedding cakes is brilliant and the bit where he's like um, just anything in the house with them and they're doing up the house and Oh, I think when they're together in a scene and obviously they were in Three Amigos together Did you, have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. That's on Netflix mm-hmm. and I watched that for the first time only a few months ago and it's not very good. Uh. Yeah, I wouldn't rush back but that is like a cult classic now Yeah, I'm not totally sure why.
0: Well we watched, um, we actually watched since we watched Father of the Bride we also watched um, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short's Netflix special that's mm. a lot more recent because they've been friends for what, 30 years I think they say yeah. and it is, it's so good, mm. but also, I w- we were saying before we started recording that you kind of, um, it's quite a leisurely comedy, there's, and I think that's true of Father of the Bride as yeah. well. I f- had forgotten this film, like, I, I think I'd seen it so long ago, and what I was expecting, what I got, were two quite different things. So I thought this was gonna be much more fast paced, much more slapstick, people falling off ladders, wedding cakes collapsing, mm-hmm. like, it being a bit more full on. And it's actually very leisurely, isn't it? It's
1: really leisurely. I mean, it does have a couple of those obvious tropes: the dog scene where the um, Rottweilers are chasing him and he falls in the
0: pool. Oh yeah.
1: I mean that 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 like dog POV jumping over the chair yeah. and getting to him. That, that <laughs> That's is... a
0: classic '90s thing, like Turner and Hooch. And yeah, stuff, isn't it? yeah,
1: that is that is your kind of wait. Like Tick, you got the dog scene in. Well done, you. Um, And uh, I actually find it a bit sad and uh, quite stressful, you know, Mm. and he, at the end when he's, like, trying to get to her at the wedding, but yeah. stuff keeps happening and he can't get to her. Like, the we- the cars are all parked wrong and then he gets in the back of a queue and he just keeps missing her. That's, like, my ultimate stress dream. Yeah, yeah you know? it does feel
0: like the frustration of, like, always being late. For, and also, yeah. uh, and I just kept thinking, this, this is so silly because it's such a, like, frothy, you know, upbeat thing, but I was like, just the injustice yeah. of not being able to see your own daughter on her I wedding know. day. I like, was so sad for him.
1: Yeah, I just, I was, I, I, you know, you have those dreams where you've got to get to school because you've got an exam, and but a hundred things happen and you can't get there. Mm. I was like feeling genuinely worried for this guy, and yeah. he never actually met Sora.
0: No, no, he's
1: got a phone call. I know. That felt really sad for it. I, I mean,
0: again, I suppose is that symbolic that he's had to let her go, and this is the first thing. You know, this is the beginning of it.
1: Yeah, I kind of did forget some of the schmaltz in it as well. Oh, it's very sentimental, isn't yeah. it? what, especially
0: in the second half of the film. Yeah. One thing I would say as well is the first half hour of this film. I don't think there was a an ounce of comedy in it no it was very much just set up wasn't it yes
1: yeah and it does take a while to really get into it yeah like there is a lot of explaining to do and you're waiting for it to be funny but it doesn't quite happen to i I remember it being funnier and i think the funniest scenes are with frank in it Mm. and when he's not in it it kind of loses itself it loses the loses its funniness a bit
0: i wonder if a bit of it is in translation because there Mm. is a whole raft of, of comedians I guess Steve Martin would be in there but I'm thinking mainly of Jerry Seinfeld where the style of comedy is quite observational and Mm. quite straightforward and it feels very American and it appeals a lot to Americans whereas Mm. I think there are a lot of British comedians that are a lot more kind of snide and sarcastic that don't really make it in America and I wonder if that's why this film doesn't feel so hilarious to us. It's it's a kind of of straightforward humour that we just don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can see the punchline before it's going to happen. I find. Yeah, and th- I think that's that's what these guys do best. Is they do these brilliant like one liners that and you like okay, okay I know know this is going to go, but it's still funny. But
0: yeah. it's not it's not it's
1: not the smartest of comedy.
0: No. Um, but, but I, I think guess that's that, okay. Yeah, that's why it's such a massive hit, right? Because yeah. every and also I guess I I mean I I don't know this is based on 50s films, so it has happened before, but. I don't know of that many films that kind of that recognise like the father's role in a wedding. Like this is this is not the aspect of a wedding that is focused on a lot in films.
1: Uh, no, I guess not. There's always a
0: bit of kind of oh, I, I'm giving my daughter away, but but rarely is does anyone spend this much time on like severing the ties when no. when, when your child gets married.
1: Yeah, it's super sentimental. There's a lot of it's been done a lot of like how much is this going to cost me mm. father of the bride just talking about the money side of it right yeah. and, and the money side of this wedding it, like it was a bit silly oh i it? think
0: i worked out that the the, the 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 total cost of food was going to be something like 140 grand So they in, in pounds
1: the argument the he was the total basically that he the quote he gets is like it's going to be 250 dollars per guest and at one point they're talking of a guest list of over 500 guests.
0: Yeah. Number one I'm like bullshit it's 500 people going to fit in your house. Well again do you think this is a, a translation thing because american Maybe. weddings are bigger and there's also lots of talk in this i mean american listeners please do let us know but um they um there there's moments where they're talking about like the parents all the parents business clients are yeah. coming. And I, and like so to some extent the wedding is used to sort of you know grease the wheels of business which yeah. i just can't imagine that.
1: I think that's and I think they usually think that's what happens if your parents pay for your wedding. Like that it's just their wedding oh, so, and yours is so, a yeah, guest.
0: It's also a networking opportunity yeah. for them, yeah, get your LinkedIn pals down. <laughs>
1: exactly, right. Um so yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars so over five hundred guests. It's um that's like a over two hundred I mean <laughs> I don't know the maths, but that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they want you to be on Steve Martin's side, don't they? I think they've made the figures a bit crazy. Yeah. So you're kind of like, yeah, that is too much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this poor guy is yeah. getting, <laughs> getting ridden over at every opportunity. But, um, also, it, it, I thought it was quite good that um, it wasn't anything so obvious as her new husband um, isn't suitable. Like... He's a bit of a smarm, but he's ultimately mm. a nice guy. And there was no twist in the tale like you might expect where like he cheated on her or something, which does tend yeah. to happen in films like this.
1: Yeah, like the biggest drama is that he buys her a blender and oh, she yeah. loses her shit about she it. She
0: thinks he's trying to domesticate her. Chill and, the
1: fuck out, Annie. It's just yeah. a blender. Make yourself a smoothie yeah. and get uh, on with
0: it. <laughs> so should we also talk about a little bit about Father and the Bride 2? Have oh. you seen this? Yes. I don't think I've seen it.
1: You are fucking kidding. So it
0: follows four years later, George Banks must deal not only with the pregnancy of his daughter, but also with the unexpected pregnancy of his wife.
1: Number one, Diane Keaton. So at that point, so Annie is 20, she's what, Like must be like 23.
0: Mm. How many years later did you say? Uh, Four years, well the film came out four years later.
1: So let's say she's 25. Mm -hmm. So these guys must be well in their 60s, 50s maybe. I guess they would have had her younger. You go for it,
0: Diane Keaton. Oh no no, they do say in this film that they I think they had her they had her young because when he's saying twenty one. Yeah, he's saying you're too young to get married and then she says she's two years older than when I married you. Correct. Yes. So yeah. she was twenty one when she had Annie, so she was so she's fifty four in the first film, so she's about fifty eight. I mean
1: She I'm surprised she's have, still having a monthly. I mean know? <laughs> let,
0: I mean it does say unexpected pregnancy.
1: Yeah, like uh, i I mean good on Dan Keaton, they must be incredibly fertile, but um <laughs> Yeah, so at the ripe old age of 50, for odd, uh, they uh, have a baby, and it is a jake fest. Oh, the larks they get up to. We laughed. How does it
0: compare to to this, to Father of the Bride? It's not as good. Is it more slapstick, or is it kind of the same sentimental bit of slapstick?
1: For me, I feel like they were on a little bandwagon, and they thought, "All right, let's squeeze one more out of this." What? Can, how can we tie up these two couples of Annie and uh, and the the Banks parents? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It's funny, but it doesn't quite. I mean, I can't really remember the ins and outs of it too much, but it's just a bit far fetched and a bit silly. Okay. Yeah. And they they like have they 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 go into labour on exactly the same day. They're right. in the same hospital. Like he's running between the rooms and stuff. Okay. And you know what I kept thinking is. On probably the same night, you were having sex at the same time as your parents were having <laughs> sex. And that is just a bit much for me. <laughs> That's ruined the whole film for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm, a, I'm a logistics person. and I kind of to, <laughs> You've, done, you've to, crunched to, the numbers. I have to go back to the actual ins and outs. Of it. Uh,
0: um, anything else on Father of the Bride before we look at what IMDB has to say?
1: So I've just got some fun facts about Steve Martin. Uh-huh. He's probably, I think he's like a he'll go down in the Hall of Fame, right, for comedy geniuses. Oh, did, yeah. he, so he was... Did you know? He actually wasn't a cast member of SNL. Um, oh no, I
0: assumed he was. Yeah,
1: because he's he's he, he he's just been taken over by Alec Baldwin, but he was he's guested on it the most times. Right, okay. Um, it's like an
0: honor like when you get an honorary degree. Yeah. It's like that. He never yeah. actually studied there but Yeah. yeah.
1: So he, he he's kind of he's got a lot of uh celebrity off of SNL but he was never a member of the cast mm-hmm. whereas like Martin Short was and uh, a lot of other people who he was in films with which is interesting um so Steve Martin's been married twice and he's married to someone called Anne Stringfeld who writes or um is involved with the New Yorker and uh Lorne Michaels was his best man at, uh I uh, love Michaels and at that wedding, it was in 2007, and he was um, filming Pink Panther at the time. Oh, yeah. Or it was about to go into production. Again,
0: another re-ma- caper remake.
1: I know, and Beyonce's in it, so that's double tick for me. Yeah. But have you seen it? No, Pink A- Panther, no. Beyonce's not very good in it, which, which breaks my heart. Oh, no. And, uh, it's I can't wicked. believe these words are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, so, sorry, my point is, at his wedding, with Lord Michaels, as best man, he had his Pink Panther moustache. And oh his, like, no. so Mustache, uh, which I thought was quite a funny um, um, visual, and I well, I also read that his he carries a business card. He carries a business card in him that reads. Um, oh, I think I've heard this. Yeah. So it's just a card that says, "This certifies that you had a personal encounter with me and that you found me warm, polite, intelligent, and funny." And that reminded me of that open letter. You remember that book of letters that you have? Um, oh yeah, that Let- letters
0: of note, the book. Yeah.
1: Didn't he write a letter to a fan? He replied to a fan, and it was like, "Oh right? yeah, so
0: a fan wrote to him and then uh, and and a young fan I think it were, there were seven or eight, and he didn't reply, and I think they wrote again. And then he wrote a reply and he's like, uh, th- say the kid, I don't know what the kid would call. say the kid was called like Bruce. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise I was talking to the Bruce. Like, and then he wrote this letter as if he's a fan of his fan. It's really sweet.
1: <laughs> didn't he do another one though? And it was like to some middle-aged woman and it was just like, um, your, your letter meant so much to me. Uh, uh, and then it was like it i i try and reply to all my fans personally and then it's like insert name insert. City, oh yeah insert and, name. and there's
0: like three options of like i found your letter to be warm hilarious yeah. saddening <laughs> and then it just crossed out yeah um he also did a thing in the vanity fair vanity fair did their first ever comedy special and there's a whole thing um about him having a rival with judd apatow where they send the like um the, like, L.A. Homes of the Stars bus tours to each other's houses to, like, <laughs> wind each other up. Funny. Something like
1: that, yeah. uh, So, yes, it is nostalgic, family fun, and still funny. I've
0: got a couple of Rachel Getting Married facts for you as well. Um, one of them is that Anne Hathaway, and uh, who played Kim, and Bill Irwin, who played her dad, Paul, sort of reunited in Interstellar, uh, which we also watched recently, not for Film Club, but just mm-hmm. for fun. Um, she's obviously in Insta as a character. He is the voice of the robot. Is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the voice of the like the little strange cuboid robots. Uh. Um, also, Rosemary DeWitt that played Rachel. I presume you recognised her.
1: I recognise, her, but I can't put my finger on it. She was
0: in a, a bunch of episodes of Mad Men. Uh, she was. Know from that. Uh, she's also about to be in the adaptation of Little Fires Everywhere, the Celeste Ing book, which I read mm. and loved. Um, and she was in episode Black Mirror, she was in La La Land, she's been in all sorts over the years. Yeah, yeah. Anne Hathaway, next gonna be The Grand High Witch in the remake of The Witches.
1: They're remaking The Witches. <laughs> Didn't you know?
0: No. Yeah. Coming up next year, I think, or, or in the next couple of years. Oh,
1: that's that that film is so terrifying. I
0: mean, I'm looking forward to it, but Hathaway over Houston, no, no way, sorry, no. And
1: modern after effects over shitty nineties. Oh like, yeah, animatronic rat masks. Oh my god, that is the most terrifying. That uh, that that film is uh, in the same category as
0: Watership Down.
1: Oh my god, I couldn't even finish that
0: film. Choking rabbits.
1: I don't think I finished that film. No, it's it, horrible. It um... and it's
0: Universal, and The Witches is PG. Oh god, oh, Harrowing. no
1: way, no way. Um, And when I was a kid, first time I watched Jurassic Park, I had to be taken out the cinema crying. Oh yeah, well
0: t- you were too young to see Jurassic Park. You yeah. were like ten when it. No, you were like you when were like did- not eight or nine when, when that did came it come out. out? Ninety four. Oh, I was. I eight. went for my eleventh birthday. I remember that. And even my friends were like covering their faces with jackets.
1: I was horrified by it. And I think my my we went we were on holiday or something. And we went as a family. And uh, yeah, my mum had to take me out because I was crying. How far did you get through? Oh, my God, it was the scene where they, they're being, like, stood on.
0: Oh, the T-Rex on the Jeep. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then and then I got my shit together. And then went back, went just back in just in time for
0: raptors in the kitchen. I
1: think my mum was like, come on, <laughs> it's barely started, and I really want to watch this. No, I don't think she was that like, keen on it, but she, we went back in, and then it was the bit where... Um, no, it was it was even sooner than that. It was the oh. bit where they're running in the plane, and they have to get behind the log. Oh,
0: okay. Then I was
1: like, Ah! <laughs> You <laughs> had to be taken out. I can't even remember if you actually finished it.
0: It was one of those weird ones, wasn't it? Where they'd they made it a PG, but they had to add an extra warning. Mm. It was like they'd done a deal with the BBFC to, mm. so that they could get kids into it, and clearly they shouldn't
1: yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> I let, let, can't ever live that one down, with my okay. brother.
0: So let's look at how these did. It will be no surprise to you that Father of the Bride has made more money. Um, it's made worldwide gross of 89,325,000 US dollars. Uh, versus Rachel get, gets married getting married 16623000 wow. but I mean that's that still seems a lot of money
1: yeah and considering um, Father the Bride is you know over nearly 20 years older than Rachel yeah, getting married yeah it's had a lot
0: more well yeah um, <laughs> and I think it was just a bigger opening as well 91 I don't feel like huge films like this were coming out every week oh,
1: in the night no I suppose not yeah
0: um Critically, Father of the Bride gets 6.5 out of 10, which I would say is fair.
1: Is this on IMDb? IMDb.
0: If a bit, I would say that's a little bit generous. How much was it, sorry? 6.5 out of 10. You think that's generous? I didn't love it.
1: The thing, the thing is, the reason Father of the Bride is so great is because it's the nostalgia. So if you don't have that nostalgia and love, well, for well, this it, is the
0: thing. It wasn't marketed to me when it came out. It must have been marketed to you. This is coming. This is coming out at the same time as things like Wayne's World, and then the sequel came out around the same time as Jurassic Park. Those were the films I was going to see.
1: But this wasn't marketed. I mean, 1991. I was five, so it, it was. It was marketed at my parents, and they played it. They had it on like tape video. And we watched it, or it was on telly or something like, I can't, I don't remember, I never went to cinema to watch it. I'll
0: fact check, but I don't think my folks would have, would have bought Father of the Bride on VHS. I don't think it's, um, yeah, I can't see it. I don't,
1: I can't remember having the
0: video of it. You call it VHS, they're videos. Yeah, sure. That's a fancy. VHS, DVD, I'm just, you know, putting it in. Did you have
1: a, did you always have a video player?
0: Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. As far as far as I can remember,
1: we used to record stuff off telly a lot. Yeah, same. Yeah, um, so I don't really remember. I don't, yeah, I think the fathers are probably any good because it is nostalgic for me, mm-hmm. and because I agree, the actual film when you what if I was to watch it fresh now, I'd be like,
0: I didn't get it. And I, there are films with with comedy giants in them. I'm using inverted commas here, but I, I mean it, comedy giants um, that you watch them and you're like oh, I, I, I should like it more. I know. And I find that a bit with Steve Martin, and even, I went on a spate of watching almost every Bill Murray film. Yeah. And some of them are, are not great fun.
1: No, do you know what I watched, what was it, Caddy?
0: Oh, Caddyshack. Yeah. So I enjoyed that more when I watched it for a second time with you, but when I first watched it, it was, yeah.
1: Because it, that is like, that is like a, a cultural, you know, yeah. a massive, massive film culturally, but I, did, I, I couldn't it's finish no, it. it. It's
0: no Groundhog Day, is it? No. it's no Ghostbusters but
1: Groundhog Day isn't that good either oh shut up no. Groundhog Day is brilliant no it, I mean it's repetitive <laughs> oh I
0: like it I, like, I, I won't have a word said against Groundhog Day anyway I'm trying to, the thrust of my point is that Rachel Getting Married has got better reviews 6.7 out of 10
1: well of course it does
0: because <laughs> it's Oscar nominated that's probably why
1: yeah but yeah I mean of course it ha- does but I I don't. I didn't prefer it. No, so. I think
0: this is. I think this is going to be one of those weeks where we each prefer our own. Really? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I didn't dislike Father with the Bride, but I preferred Rachel getting married. Mm. So we'll put it to the Twitter poll. Hello, future Adam here, dropping in a quick edit to give you our correct Twitter address, which is at Film Club Pod UK. That's at Film Club Pod UK on Twitter. Please do come and find us. Okay, back to my past self. Mm. You will have uh, a week to decide which you think is the best film about a wedding. Um, and then, obviously, we need to move on to another category. Okay. Uh, you all turn to pick. Give it a shake.
1: <laughs> I don't think we need to shake them. It's I like... think it's
0: very important. Uh, dear pod listeners, we're not going to tell you what the category is, but we are going to have a little look at it, and then next week all will be revealed
1: oh god
0: interesting oh do you really not like him no oh okay <laughs> well, I
1: don't dislike him but I just find it a bit uh save it okay yeah okay
0: well there's plenty to choose from anyway um, loads yeah fair. yeah so uh, join us next week for another episode of Film Club uh, get in touch with us in the meantime we m- I'm sure we've missed your favourite uh, film about a wedding so let us know what it is do take part in the poll uh, and if there's any great facts or tidbits about Father of the Bride or Rachel getting married uh, or VHS that you want (laughs) to video video, alright filmclubpod at gmail.com thanks very much for listening and please do subscribe and uh, give us a rating if you're enjoying the podcast and we'll be back next week
1: and uh, to sing you out I'm going to do the theme tune to Darling Buds of May (laughs) it goes it goes like this it goes (laughs) <laughs> and fade out
0: music, And you're saying we can have this exclusively? <laughs> club's gorgeous theme music is written and performed by tom rosenfeld and joe Silverstone. Uh, if you want to find out more about them and the many great bands they're in including mesodorm the spindle ensemble and our man in the field you can go to tom's instagram at instagram.com four vertical the number four and the word vertical or instagram.com slash joe that's J O silver Cello.